Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? gentlemen happy friday the 13th or as the one i like best is freddy versus jason where it goes i love that i skip see you've ruined it sounds like same thing no same it does thing. a little bless you yeah thank you Anyway, anyway, it's Friday the 13th, and you know we can't skip a Friday the 13th without doing Friday the 13th movie. It's true. Yes. You can't. It's impossible. It's in the bylaws. Right. Do we have bylaws? I guess so. I guess so. In the podcast world? Yeah. But, <laughs> no. <laughs> but Randy, you picked this week's episode. You picked Friday the 13th, the original. I did, because we hadn't done it. No, we've done a lot, but... I was I was excited to do this one. It was funny because when you got over here to watch it, you were like, "Do we even really need to watch it?" I mean, I've seen it two or three times. I think most yeah. recently, about a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. And I know that you you've watched it ninety million times. So. <laughs> so, with that being said, here we go. We ready to rock and roll, man. What's cool? Yeah, you got the summer, man. I got your summer here, man. Which one do you want? Whichever one you want to give, bud. Let's go with... I mean, since everybody kind of knows the background now, anyway. Yeah. So, in 1957, a young boy named Jason drowns in a lake near Camp Crystal Lake. See, that's already wrong. This is what it says. I know, but okay, it was 1958. Then. Well, then I'm not going to read that one then. How about this? <laughs> a group of camp counselors 
trying to reopen a summer camp called Crystal Lake, which was a which has a grim past, are stalked by a mysterious killer. No, I'll read this one. Hello, red one. <laughs> read that one. <sighs> In 1958, two camp go. counselors were, are both murdered by an unseen killer. 21 years later, the camp is reopened again despite the townspeople's fears that more mayhem will occur. The camp owner and counselors are murdered one by one by an unseen killer. Could he or she be the same person who killed the two camp counselors in 1958? Everything climaxes with the final counselor coming face to face with the killer. Next week on Mystery Files. <laughs> Dude, that's like a whole novel. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Stephen King wrote that. Hey, guess who wrote that? Who? Written by RuPaul's Drag Race fan. Wow. Yeah. Right on. Ah. Come on. So. I'm going to get you. Friday the 13th come out in 1980. It is uh, a horror slasher, and it is one hour and 35 minutes long. And 43 years old. Man. Screenplay is by Victor Miller. Victor Crowder. The director is Sean Cunningham. And let's see what we got here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 63%. Dude. And IMDB gave it a 6.4 out of 10. So the budget for this movie Mm -hmm. was $550,000. Guess how much it made at box office. 59.8 59.8 million. <laughs> Holy cow! Talk about a return. Yeah, really. That's and that's back in 1980. Right. That's like a billion dollars. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. They made a ton of money on that one. So the cast, uh, we have Betsy Palmer playing the one and only Pamela Voorhees. Awesome job for the 15 minutes she was in it. We got Kevin Bacon playing Jack. Adrian King as Alice. We got Robbie Morgan as Annie. Uh, let's see here. What is the how you say her name? Janine. Janine Taylor. Marcy Cunningham. And then uh, Lori Bartram is Brenda. Uh, let's see. We got Walt Gorney as Crazy Ralph. And Ari Lehman. Ain't that how you say his last name? Something like it. Sorry, Ari. If you listen to this podcast, we apologize. <laughs> Is Jason Voorhees, young Jason Voorhees. Uh, Mark Nelson as Ned. Peter, I don't know his name either. Peter. No, his last name. Where you, oh, Brower. As Steve. And that's pretty much about it. You got Willie Adams as Barry. He died early. Oh, okay, yeah, well. And Claudette. Deborah Hayes. Oh, okay. They died together. Oh, right on. So, Randy. Anyway. After all these years. Well, I mean, it hadn't been that long. How you feel like it's... I still like it. Do you? Yeah, I still do. Because there's a lot, like... There's a lot that they do in this movie. And I, I always remember that it's 1980. So they can get... They got away with a whole lot more than you'd get away with today. Yeah. But even some of the deaths, like... Um, I don't know the chick's name, but the chick that was making her way, she died. Mm-hmm. They actually showed it, and it looked legit. Like when the, when she cut her throat. Yeah, yeah. Like her name was, was Annie. Yeah, it was man. It was good. Like there was some good graphics as far as the deaths that you actually seen. Mm-hmm. 
um, what was it, Barry, the guy that was hanging on the door? Yeah. Other than him blinking, you know, while he was <laughs> yeah. stabbed. Yeah. I mean, all that looked really good. So you want to kind of give a quick summary of how you've been doing here lately? Like, tell a little bit. Don't go scene to scene, though. You know more to move than I do because you've watched it a million times. <laughs> I mean, I can give you the basics of it. There you go. So, the basics of it. Uh, is it Christy? Yeah, Steve Christy. Uh, he, he owns the camp, Camp Crystal Lake. He's getting ready to reopen it after however long. 20... And they're calling, they're calling it Camp Blood now because yeah. of all the murders. I, everybody calls it Camp Blood because of the past and the history. So he's getting ready to open it. He's got, I think, six counselors, he says. he got six counselors to come and work it. And, uh, like, greenhorns. Because they're, like, new to the wilderness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he calls them, at one point in the movie, he calls them babes to the woods. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they're doing that. One of the girls is making her way. She goes through a town. Annie. And Annie. She's getting a ride. Um, that's when we introduce to Ralph, who's the town nutcase yeah and he he's pretty much telling her it's going up to camp blood and all this kind of stuff where he's basically telling her that it's cursed yeah and i'm, I'm kind of interrupt you while you're, you're doing right your little summary. do whatever you gotta do man. but i do feel like it gave off uh the perfect vibe not just the i'm not talking about the kill scene i'm talking about with annie yeah because um, you don't know who she is and then like she's just you tell she's a playful yeah, uh, girl. Yeah, she's a cook. She's going up there to cook. Yeah, and like she's messing with the dog, asking him, hey, how far do you speak? How far does uh, is Camp Crystal Lake from here? You know, all this stuff. She goes into the bar. Well, not a bar. It's a uh, diner. Mm-hmm. And it's the way she goes in. She's like, um, hey, how far away is Camp Crystal Lake? And everybody stops turning. And even the waitress behind the bar even like turns down the radio. And like that, because she just kind of looks around like, what? You know, so it, they're already giving you the off vibe. You it know? was perfect for back then. Now it's kind of a cliche deal, like you, like a record seen, scratching. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you like, if you see it in the movies today, you're like, oh, that's that's outdated. But back then, it was perfect. You know, someone walks in and asks a question, everybody gets silent. Yeah, and I and I like the fact that when she gets the ride, because she asks, is a bus going up there? And I don't remember the trucker's name, but uh, he decides to take her. Enos is that his name? Enos, Enos, I'm assuming. Anyway, he goes to take her, and like you said, as they go out the door, I like that Ralph is there, and he's like, it's got a death curse. Yep. That's st- He still played, I mean, even to this day, it's still a creepy character. Oh, yeah. It really is. It reminds me of, uh, uh, there was a that movie now and then, a scary movie. It's a little, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but the, little, the guy, the old man on there that uh-huh. I was afraid of, that's what he reminded me of. Yeah. <clears throat> so, she, uh, Ends up getting a ride halfway there because um, the truck driver guy wasn't going all the way there. She gets a ride over there. Now we get shots of the camp. And it, the whole thing about it is before the you know good stuff starts in, the the counselors are just getting the camp ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're fixing stuff. They're clearing out stumps. They're cleaning. They're getting the food ready and all this kind of stuff. They end up... It's, it's obvious. It's an old school slasher movie. So... There's obvious, like, making out. Yeah. You know, I was actually surprised because I, I thought I remembered a boob shot in the beginning, but there's no boob shot. Yeah, there is. Not yeah. at the beginning. Well, not at the is. beginning, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's couples, they're making out. Um, 
once when we're first getting introduced to all of the counselors, there's a scene where this uh, one of the girls is at a archery range. Brenda. Brenda. She's at an archery range getting ready to set up a target, and then I think it's Barry. Ned. Ned. See, you know, you know the guys' names. Like I, I'm just like guessing here. I know the names. I just don't remember the face. Well, Ned and Barry looked like freaking dinner. They looked like twins. Anyway, he ends up shooting the arrow at her. You know, they're he's messing around and playing. She gets scared and freaked out. I mean, it's just different stuff that they're doing. Just kind of setting the stage and telling you, hey, they're all friends. They all joke around, but then there's couples. Some of the couples sneak off to make out, get a little dangerous on the inside, you know. And you can already tell, which it's nowadays. Like I said, now back in the 80s, I don't know. But as soon as you see Ned, you know, okay, well, he's dead. No, the practical joker is always going to die. Oh, yeah, the funny guy is usually it's the first The funny one guy die. that dies, the slut that dies, the stoner that dies. The fat guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the jolly guy. I'll the, say that. No, nah, I'm a fat guy. You say, I'm and fat. The, I and, call fat. And the hitchhiker. Yep. But um, after the whole archery range, then it actually goes back to Annie. And for some reason, I can't remember why the truck driver let her off. Did it, it was only going halfway. Oh, okay. And he was dropping her off halfway, and she was walking the rest of the Well, way. she finally got a ride from we don't know yet who it is. First, it looked like Christie's. Jeep. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And uh, she gets in and she's talking to the person, and you know, and I do like the fact that when they're talking, they're looking at the camera. Oh yeah, and and you know, you never hear a sound. They don't want you to know who it is. We all know who it is. Yeah, and that's why it's like non-threatening. Yeah, you know, this is obviously back in 1980. Call it chauvinistic if you want to, but nobody ever expected Mrs. Voorhees to be a killer. Right. So it was just like, well, we don't want her to say anything because then people don't know it's a woman and all this kind of stuff. And the way play uh, Annie played that part where she's talking to Mrs. Voorhees, she's so upbeat that you don't feel like there's a threat. Yeah. Well, if, even, if the music wasn't into it, like oh, yeah. once once um, Mrs. Voorhees passes the Camp Crystal Lake exit, and she then, starts freaking out. Then you can hear the dun yep. like the music going, and Annie's like, "Hey, I think that was our turn." She kind of looks. She looks back again. And then she's like, yeah, more. you tell. But you tell she's really not panicking. It's more like in her voice she's getting nervous. Uh-huh. And she's like, I think we need to stop and turn around. And then the per- you can he- actually hear the Jeep speed up. And dude, when Annie decides, hey, I'm done with this, she yes. dives out. <laughs> she tucks and rolls, man. Gone. But I actually like this scene because I don't know why I'm making this comparison, but I love the Friday 13th music. And... To me, it's almost like a Jaws. Except at the beginning. When they were doing that. No, yeah, doing that. But, like, as Annie's running through the woods, and Mrs. Voorhees, like I said, all we see is, like, the legs. Yeah. Or the shadow. It's almost like a Jaws because it's going... Dun. And it kind of looks like the jumper that we're used to from the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the dark blue, you know? Yeah. I mean, it really looks like that jumper. But I love the fact that Annie's running, and you just hear the... Dun. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Like it's building up. Yeah. And then finally once uh, Annie's caught, you know, she's like, no, no, no. And all of a sudden you see the knife come up. And I think they even have uh, Betsy Palmer wearing gloves. No, you see the ring. See, I thought she had gloves on. No, there was one where you could actually see the ring. Really? I don't remember if it was that particular scene or not. So she may have been wearing gloves then. But she cuts Annie's throat. And I thought for, which, you know, Tom Savini did the effects. I think it looked freaking good. Tops are any man. It's freaking genius. Yeah, I think it looked great. Yeah, there, and it was. It wasn't just the the what it looked like. It legit. I've never seen anybody's neck cut or anything like that. But I imagine 
that's what it looked like. Because it wasn't just a, hey, I slit your throat and your entire neck's just laid open. Yeah. It was a, you ever get a paper cut? Mm Mm-hmm. You ever notice how it doesn't bleed right away? Yeah. That's what it did. Like, the cut, you could see the line, and then it slowly started bleeding and then opening up. You know, it wasn't like, it was a a realistic, you know, what I would think would be realistic. But, um, like I said, not going scene by scene or nothing, but... I'll tell you one thing. I mean, you both said it because we both kind of laughed about it. You can tell this is a 1980s movie Facts. because uh, when Alice is in her cabin and she sees that snake and they all run in, <laughs> you know, to get the snake, they actually kill it on camera. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't like one of those, hey, there's a snake. See the snake. See the machete. And then he swings and you hear the thud. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. He swung and you saw the machete make contact twice. Yeah. So, you know, activists, you know, if- you know, they they'd been all over that today. Oh yeah, no doubt. But but anyway, like you said, to do the quick summary thing is, you know, now uh, Annie's dead, and now it goes back to the actual camp, and that's what we're learning is Alice don't even want to be there either. This ain't for her. She's an artist, you yeah. know, and stuff. And I'm guessing her and Steve are a couple. <sighs> See, I don't. It never really comes out and said it. He mentions. He says, "Give me another chance." I don't know if he meant to try and get you into the woodsy thing or if he meant like relationship. Well, and that and then when she when he was like, is this really what I look like? Because he saw a sketch. She goes, yeah. you did last night. But again, was it were they all just hanging out and she was sketching? Exactly. Or he asleep. I mean, <laughs> she, he wake up. Titanic with, things, man. Yeah. He wake up. She's just standing over him. Yes. Yeah. Slobber a little bit for me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Anyway, so like I said, the whole uh, summary of this is these kids are there to reopen Camp Crystal Lake, and one by one, they're getting hacked off to pieces. Yep. So I think the first one notable to die is Ned. Yeah. He's walking. He sees uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon and... Well, it's Jack and Marcy. Yeah, he sees Jack and Marcy just kind of hanging out, and he's he almost looks like he's sad because he's jealous. So he starts walking along the water, and he looks over at one of the old cabins, and he sees a shadow. Yeah. Like some kind of figure or something like that that walks away. Well, he walks in there. That's the first mistake. Yeah. So you don't see it then, but later on when Jack and Marcy is in their cabin and they're doing their thing, mm-hmm. that's when you get the first boob shot. No, actually, first and only boob shot. Yeah, yeah. Um... They're doing their thing, and they're all laying on the bed. When they get done, it kind of does a little pan up, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Pans up to the top bunk on the bed, and he's laying on top of the bunk dead. Right. Marcy leaves to go to the bathroom. Jack's laying down there, and he's just smoking. I think he's smoking a joint. Mm-hmm. And uh, blood drips on his forehead. Yes. And then he's like, what the crap is that? Well, then all of a sudden, you get a big old hand to come, grabs his forehead, and then you can see him kind of struggling trying to find out what it is well then out of nowhere a freaking broadhead arrow comes up out his throat yes and ah probably my favorite kill scene of the whole movie is it just because it's the reaction Kevin Bacon's reaction to getting grabbed yeah and then what it actually was we gotta talk about the officer dwarf <laughs> should have been Brad when he showed up he he, so he uh and which I mean I, I'm not talking about the actor I'm talking about the character yeah he was so, like, trying to be cool. And then Ned, which was getting on my nerves anyway, when he came out there with that Indian uh, headdress on and he was sitting there doing the little dance. It was just little stuff like that that annoyed me with Ned. 
Butcher's always one, the funny guy. Oh, yeah. But the officer killed me because he was trying to be so serious in this part. And the kid's like, Kevin Bacon just over there messing with his uh, motorcycle. Because yep. he asked him, he's like, as soon as he sees uh, Kevin Bacon, he's like, uh, you been smoking, boy? He's like, no, sir. It causes cancer. He's like, don't play with me. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you he know? starts going off like 50 names for weed. Yeah. Like he, you can tell he knew more than but, the kid did. Man, Officer Dwarf was like the epitome of every cheesy police thing you've ever heard of. Yeah, like he, like you can tell he had like a um, a small man's personality or whatever. You know, all that. Yeah, like, just like he's just I'm big, bad, and tough type guy when he's really not. Right, right. But um, man, it's just like I said, I don't want to go scene by scene in this for this movie, but there's just so much to talk about. I still, after all these years, man, I, I I feel like it's still, it's a classic for a reason, I'll say that. Oh, man. yeah. It, and it really is. And for me, I think, and I know you're going to, you're going to, like, jump me for it. There's more action in this, and I feel like there's more, not necessarily more suspense, but I feel more suspenseful than, like, Halloween. Because I feel like there's a whole lot more action in this one than there is in Halloween. All right, we're, we're, we are re-watching Halloween because there's a lot more action in Halloween than there is in this one. But that's what I'm saying, though, is like, and it's probably the music because the music in Halloween is a whole lot more somber. It's Music not, in Halloween is a lot better. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not saying it's not better. But this one, it's more like the music brings you the suspense. Like you were talking about the dun 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 I mean, yeah. it's just like more in-your-face type deal. Um... But yeah, even forty what forty three years just about later, I think it still holds up to the slasher movies. Like it's not as gory, but they didn't need that back in the day. Yeah, you didn't need it, and the acting wasn't bad. I don't think there was one person save Officer Dorf, but I think it was supposed to be like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought he played the role good. So oh, yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. say that he because he, he. I don't think he was a bad actor. It was just. He'd come off cheesy, which I think that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah. And like for like at the end of it, when um, Alice is laying in the bed, mm-hmm. the way she talks is cheesy. Yeah. But 1980, and she was playing a, I'm assuming, a teenage-ish uh, counselor. So it was kind of like that's how she would have talked. Yeah. Type deal. But yeah, I, the acting in general... Pamela's was. Whew, I was just fixing. Spot to, on. If you didn't mention her, I was just fixing. I thought Pamela did a great job oh, as yeah. Mrs. Voorhees, and and she was only in it for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, ten or fifteen. The, minutes. the big finale. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. To me, my favorite actual Pamela uh, Voorhees scene is when she chops down uh, part of that wooden door where she can look at it. Uh-huh. She can look inside and see Alice. Yep. And she does the most sadistic smile at Alice. Like, really like I got you now. It was almost like a cat and mouse game. Oh, yeah. And I don't think they could have picked anybody better to play Mrs. Voorhees. And she, and she wasn't shying away from taking hits and, and being vulnerable. She's not superhuman. No, no, she's no. She's just, you know, she's just a regular woman. Right. Some of the stuff she's done throughout the whole movie requires strength. Like throwing the freaking uh, woman through the door, Brenda, or through the window. Okay. I got a conspiracy thing on that, so I, I hit you a minute. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid it's, it's going to be some guy. I know, but saying. I mean, there were scenes where she was chasing Alice, and Alice was throwing things at her, and Mrs. Voorhees was flinching. 
Yeah. Like, she would flinch, and, you know, she would take a hit, and she would fall back and stagger, and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Whereas, when you do that to Jason, or Michael Myers, or somebody like that, they just kind of take it and keep on coming. Yeah. It was the vulnerability. It was like, how can this woman be the killer when she's so clearly vulnerable? Right. You know, how can she... She just got laid out by a frying pan, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? So they weren't they weren't trying to make her supernatural. No, like she I, didn't. She never got stabbed. Uh, then got right back up. If she took a hit, she took a hit and she laid there. And the worst hit she took was from the frying pan, and it busted her open and kind of got her loopy. But then afterwards, when she got down to the dock with Alice, mm-hmm. you could tell that it affected her because she was staggering around. Yeah, like you could tell that she was kind of dizzy. I wonder. I know she didn't do all of her stunts. But you could tell when her and Alice was going at it. You could, I like that because you never saw yeah. a stunt double. There were a couple of times where they were kind of going at it and she was overpowering Alice that I felt like the sweater was a lot more bulky. Not to say that it, it was. Yeah. But like, it, I don't know. There was some times where it seemed like there was somebody else on the sweater and you never could see the face. I don't, I don't know you. if they wanted to get a guy so they could actually overpower or something. I don't know. But I don't know. What's the what's the theory? Okay. Now hear me out. Oh gosh. Brenda hears a little boy saying, Help me, help me. I mean you can hear it clear as day. Yeah, but then Mrs. Forty nope. later on was t- saying the same thing. No, 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 no. That was a completely different voice. What if dun, dun, dun. What if Jason because technically he's still alive, he's on part two. Mm-hmm. What if Jason was still roaming around because he saw all the kids at the camp yep. and was really looking for his mom? There's certain scenes where the camera's watching. How do we not know that's through Jason's eyes watching? Okay. I mean, I mean, in, in t- taking that into consideration, whenever Brenda's thrown through the window is when Mrs. Voorhees shows up in the Jeep. So how do we, how do we not know Jason? Because he's got the super strength. Yep. Then another thing is, what if he was helping his mama? Like if she was making him say, "Hey, yeah, you stay out there, keep an eye on him, and you yell for me." You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But I mean, my thing is, is my conspiracy thing is, is she acted like she had no idea when she went and saw that body land her. She was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, the way she acted, like, sympathy over it. Yeah. Yes, I know she was going, kill her, mommy, all that stuff. But the way I like to think about it, and this is just me liking to think, is Jason actually showed up that night looking for help, and Mrs. Voorhees did not know it. And never once did she even realize that her son was alive. So she died getting her head cut off, not realizing her son was right there in her grasp if she would have looked for him. So is that why Jason hears his mommy's voice for the rest of the movie? Yes. Knowing that he was there. He, he witnessed him. her head being cut off. Because he had to, because in part two, he's got her head and the actual sweater. Yep. So he was there that night. Yeah. He was in the water. He pulled out in the water. Exactly. Hmm. So, but here's another thing. Um, Bill's body. He's the one that was blinking when he was arrow. When he's got all the arrows sticking through him. Barry, huh? That's Barry. Oh, I got Bill. No, I think it was Barry. Let me look here. I'm pretty sure it was Barry because it was Barry and Ned, and they looked like twins. No, I got Bill, bud. No, no. 
Yeah, it was Bill. It was Bill. I ain't got no Bill. She was calling him Barry. No, dude. Oh, that's a dude from the beginning. Yeah, there's Bill right there. Maybe she was calling him Bill. That's him. Anyway. Anyway. Bill, when she when she closed the door, Bill was up on the door. He wasn't level with the door. Mm-hmm. Somebody had to pick this dude up. I mean, Mrs. Voorhees wasn't a small woman. She wasn't. But, and, and Bill wasn't a big dude. Mm-hmm. None of them guys were. They all wore shorty shorts and had sticks for legs. So, if you guys and gals are listening to this episode, tell us what y'all think. Give us your theory. Yeah, because that little boy's voice did not sound nothing like Mrs. Voorhees doing it. And I'm thinking he really showed up that night looking for his mom. And then he ended up seeing his mom get decapitated. I'm going to need you to email the director and ask him what it was. All right, I can try that. I doubt we'll get an answer, but you know. You never know. But anyway, that's my conspiracy, man. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe he was really there that night. I mean, it could have been what happened. So, how many people did he kill and how many people did mommy kill? Yeah. But if that's the case, they're going to have to remake the first screen. <laughs> because old dude died because she got the answer wrong about who yeah. the killer was in the first one. Right. Or, in a nutshell, he just happened to be there, was yelling, looking for help, and Mrs. Voorhees... Didn't hear, never saw him, never heard him, and she was killing the kid. So, I mean, there's always that, too. But I do feel like he was there that night just because, on the second one, he's got her exact sweater and the head. So, he was there to see what happened. Oh, he was. He had to to pick mommy up off the ground. But, you got anything else you want to go over with? No. I mean, I like the way they ended it. Yep. Um, With, you know, her being in the water, being really serene. And I can imagine this is... Today, it's something that we know of, oh, uh, yeah, something's fixing to happen. But yeah. I can imagine back in, you know, the 80s, it would be like, oh, man, that's the end of it. It's, it's a good ending. Right. And then, bam, he pops up out of the water. And then yeah, she yeah. wakes up in the hospital. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. They did kind of give you a little, like, what might happen kind of deal. At the very end of it, they went back over the water, and then you could see, like, little ripples in the water. And like, yeah. He's going to pop out. 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 And then nothing. Yeah. But, yeah. But, no, nah, it's... It still holds. And for some reason, I still like the beginning where Friday 13th's coming up to the uh, screen and it breaks the glass. Yeah. I like that. It's pretty well, cool. And I didn't even talk about it. My favorite shot of the whole movie was when Christy was coming back to camp at night. And he's in his yellow slicker. Oh, yeah. And it's like, this is like the camera shot that sticks out to me the most. The whole screen is black. And then all, out of nowhere, all you see is this yellow slicker coming forward and running. And then you can start seeing the trees and all that. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite shot of the whole movie. I like that. And I like the shot that when Alice finally knocks her down, she runs out of the cabin. It's the same shot, but in reverse. Alice runs out of the light and runs into the dark woods. Oh. And you can see her yep. disappear. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah, it was almost the exact opposite. So, yeah. They, they had some good camera work. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah. And Savini's makeup was great. Right. But yeah, well, I guess uh, it's time for uh, the pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. Pulling scale. <laughs> pulling scale. Pulling scale. And I'm gonna go first on this, of if you don't mind. You are. Well, you made me go first on the last one too, on Megan. Yeah, yeah you went first one before that too. I just didn't want to tell you last week. So here we go, three in a row, baby. Yay. I'm gonna do my dislikes and then my likes. Okay. Okay. All right. My dislikes. I did not like the fact that we didn't see Brenda's death. I thought that could have been a really good one. It built up a lot for Wait. her to go out there on the archery range. 
And then all we see is a light, and she's like, what, what? Like, she's just sitting there soaking wet, and she don't even know what to do. It did build it up, but then when you seen her body, it didn't look like anything major happened. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's what I'm getting at. It was a disappointment. Yeah, at least when you seen Bill's body, when he, you know, disappeared, he had arrows all in him. And what? Now, here's another thing. One of my dislikes is too many death scenes are not shown. Yeah. I, I And I don't know. Uh, now, like I said, this is back in 1980. Yeah. I'm sure the rating board said, nope, you got to cut that out. Nope, you got to do this. You know, What was it rated? R. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, rated R. That's but that's what, but that's what I'm saying because there's so many of these Friday Thirteenth films that they cut out certain parts. Even the well, not just Friday Thirteenth. I'm gonna say all eighty horror movies. No. They cut out a lot of the violent parts because of the rating and all that crap. But that is one thing that I feel like this movie could have done a little better or would have made it better is to see more of the kills. Like right. the guy who'd you say Steve with the yellow uh, Christy Christy. Yeah, when he comes running out. And he's like, oh, hey, you know, like. Yeah, what are you out doing out here in this minute? Which was another way of, you know. His name's Steve Christie. Yeah, Steve Christie. Yeah, when he, yeah, and like you just fixed that, there's no threat where he's like, oh, hey, what are you doing out here in this mess? I hate that. Just, (laughs) like, that that was it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it made people jump back into theaters. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, and here's my biggest, (laughs) and I think you're going to disagree with me on this. Oh, Lord. This movie was an hour and 35 minutes long. It was. This movie could have been an hour and 20 and been better. This movie could have been an hour and 15. And I'll tell you why. They dragged so much watching these kids do nothing. Alice. I'm just using her for example. Okay. When she's making coffee when she wakes up and the generator's dead. It's a 10 minute scene. They follow her into the kitchen. Goes to the cupboard. Gets some sugar. Gets her stuff. Lights the thing. I mean it was just like okay we get it. Then even when she's running uh, after she's found uh, the guy hanging up with the arrows, she runs inside. I like the fact they show her how she tied the door shut. But you then know, she picks up everything else and, throws and it puts it over there. there. She's whimpering. I mean, it just kept. Well, it's like the Monopoly scene. It didn't add anything to the movie. Okay, here's I'll bring that up here in a minute. But I'm just saying, it's, it's it was so many scenes like that where it just drug out so much that I was like. Man, I mean, I get you're trying to do the suspense thing, right. but now you're just trying to fill time. Right, exactly. Um, and I got one that says, how did Bill's body get so high on the door? <laughs> that always bothered me. Because that takes a pretty stout person to pick him up and jab. Dead weight, too. I mean, like, what did what happened? And Miss Voorhees pulled the arrows back, and he was like, no, and he jumped up, and she stuck him, you know? I mean, maybe. Maybe. So, okay, now, my likes. That was just my dislikes. Love the music. Love it. Uh, like I said, not not as good as John Carpenter's music, but it is good for this this film. Yeah. Uh, for what kills we did see, I really enjoyed them. Uh, Kevin Bacon. There's two tied, man. I love Kevin Bacon's. Uh, Jack, whatever his name is. Yeah. Love his kill scene, but his girlfriend Marcy. How you see the shadow of the axe coming up behind her. And then that axe buried into Dude, her face. Yes. Woo-hoo-hoo. That one, honestly, is probably my favorite. Yeah. That's probably... I, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Macy... Uh, is her name Macy? Marcy. Marcy. That is my favorite kill of the entire movie. It, and it looked better than all of them. 
But I, and the reason I still stick with Jack is because of the surprise looked on his face and and, and the way it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because you're expecting him to jump up out of bed and see the body and all this kind of stuff, and out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. Head grab and then an arrow through the throat, which mind you again, this is an arrow through a mattress. Yeah. Through a throat. Right. All the way through. Mrs. Horries was a stout person. Yeah. If it was her. Now, another thing, too, is one thing I like about it, and this is where you just said a Monopoly thing. It actually, they kept it like a realistic friend group. When they were out swimming and just talking about, like, random stuff for your body, like protein and stuff. Yeah. That was something, you know, like real conversations people have. Yeah. Uh, when they were playing Monopoly, what do me, you, and your wife and my wife do if we're at in a cabin or we're at a uh, campsite? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I yeah but don't get me wrong. I think, uh, you know, it went for like three different scenes, then play Monopoly, but at least they made it relatable. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. And finally, what scores this movie good for me, because out of every horror movie I've ever seen, this is still one of the best filmed scenes, creepy scenes, whatever you want to call it. This is just my opinion. When Alice is hiding in the cupboard, and the lights are back on. She's over there holding the door, whimpering. Oh, yeah. And you see the shadow of Mrs. Voorhees coming back and forth by the door. And you can hear her running, uh, moving stuff around in the kitchen and knocking pots and pans over. It just built up like any second she's going to open this door. And then you can hear her footsteps just boom, boom, boom. And then you slowly hear her footsteps leave and go out the front door, which we think. So Alice is like, she's like a sigh of relief, and she just kind of like leans her head down, and that doorknob is right above Alice's head. Yep. And all of a sudden, there's no music. You barely see that doorknob start turning, and you hear the, like, here comes the music. That's so cool. Well, And then that's followed right when she does the smile. Think about your theory, and uh-huh. think about how heavy those footsteps were. Yeah. <laughs> was it really her and her? I mean, because you could never because there was cracks in that door. Yeah, where you could see through it a little bit, and I never seen anything that I thought was her sweater. Right. So was that really Jason going through the kitchen looking for Alice, and then Mrs. Voorhees tiptoed her away on the inside? You never know. I mean, now you got me believing. <laughs> it's something I just made up. Now you said it, but I don't know. I just like I said, and then after all that happens, that's when she chops that door and smiles. To me, that was the best part of the entire movie, and I would put that scene up there with any... I'm not saying, like, jump out scares. I'm just saying creepy scene, like, dude, that's creepy. Well, given how similar it was, how does it rate on The Shining? Him chopping through the door. Uh, you talking about her smile or that whole scene? Her smile. All right, so the scene... Mm-hmm. And then her smile compared to his catchphrase. Okay, I like the shining scene better because of the camera work. How it follows his ex back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Uh, I would I would say it this way: if I was going to give the shining scene uh, ten, I would give that ten stars. Where I'd give this one nine and a half. Like it's right behind it. Okay. You see what I'm saying? But that shining, you can't beat the camera work on oh, it. Oh no. And it's when Jack Nicholson, man. I mean, he... Right. When that camera was going with the axe, I was like, ugh. Yeah. But with that being said, that's all my dislikes and likes. And 
I'm going to give uh, definitely a thumbs up. You got to give this film a thumbs up. You have to add it to your collection, even if you're not a horror fan. This is an iconic movie. The very first that started it all. And yeah, there's some duds in the middle of the series, but Friday 13th, 1980, is still a, a really good film after all these years. And I'm going to give it an A-. minus. That's a 90 to 92%. All right. So, my review is going to be probably a lot shorter than yours. Okay, but let me add one thing real quick. Because I know everybody's going to be like, well, you just built it up, then you gave it an A-. We do A-minus is A and A+. now. But the reason I gave it an A-, because if it would have shown more of the kill scenes, then and quit with the uh, dragging the certain scenes out, yeah. it would have got a definite A. But A-. minus. So, I'm going to... Um the dislikes that I had with it, the the lack of kill scenes that you've seen, mm-hmm. um, that was really for me like the biggest downfall. Because like you said, when Brenda died, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot done to her body, but what could have happened? Right. You know, <clears throat> you didn't see Bill get attacked. You seen the after effect. Yeah. And it just wasn't like there wasn't a whole lot to it. That's that's probably the well tied for the biggest downfall for me because there was a lot of scenes I felt like could have been taken out of the movie completely or at least shortened by a good five or ten minutes. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the movie could have been about an hour and fifteen hour twenty minutes long, and it been just as just as effective. Um, this is hindsight, but it's like I wish Jason was in the movie more. <laughs> but this is like a prelude to Jason. Yeah. Like, nobody knew what was going to happen when this movie first came out. Nobody knew Jason would be as big as it is now. I would say this is a good origin story for any for character. Jason. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, I, I can't knock it for that, just because it is like the first in the first line of 500 movies. Yeah. Um, I did dig the music. I, I, I thought the music was good, and like I said, I thought the acting was good for 1980. Yeah. Um, couple cheesy lines, but, you know, that's just how it's going to be. Um, so I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. If you're a horror fan, you got a collection. You got to add it to it. I mean, I, as of right now, Jason goes to hell and Jason in space are the only, or Jason X is the only two movies that I can think that I you just don't need to put in your collection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thumbs up. Definitely recommend you watch it. And I'm gonna give it a B plus. A B plus. I'm gonna give it a B plus. So we're eighty-seven like, to eighty-nine percent. We're, we're, we're like really close. Right on. So, again, you got a bigger affinity for the older school movies than I do. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I can appreciate it. Right on, right on. Well, that is our Friday the 13th special. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, we have been giving, uh, getting out a lot this uh, month, man. Oh, We're getting man. four. Four episodes. Dang, it was, Megan. Yeah. Holy cow. So, y'all should feel lucky. So, we did what, Mama? We did Mama, Megan, Friday the 13th, and then we're doing next week. You want to go ahead and give it up? No, you go ahead. You want to go ahead and do it? Yeah, you go ahead. Next week, you're going to get Darkness Falls. About the Tooth Fairy. Toofs. Toofs. Tooth Fairy. Underrated movie, man. It is. It's really good. Very underrated. Very good movie. But, that being said, um, make sure to give us a follow on all of our social media. Our Instagram is small town horror Johnny underscore Randy. That's me. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's Randy. And our Twitter is 
at Small T Horror Pod. And our Facebook is Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. Make sure you catch us anywhere you can get I your podcast. I wasn't done. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> and our email is Small Town No, Horror. you aren't. <laughs> our email is at <laughs> Small Town Horror with Johnny Randy at gmail.com. So you can always leave us some uh, comments there or if you want to hear us review anything. So that is small town horror with Johnny Randy at gmail.com. Make sure you take a break in between type that email <laughs> so you don't get carpal tunnel. All right, go ahead, Randy. Now you uh, back to what I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted. Catch us anywhere you can get your podcast: Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, iTunes. Make sure you guys leave us a review if you like it. If you don't like it, what you want to hear. If you like the concepts, if you want to add something to the show, just let us know. Preferably on a review and not on the 19-page report email that Johnny has. And I would just like to take a few seconds just to say that we appreciate each and every one of y'all that listen to us. We actually did get another rating on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah? Yes. They didn't leave a review. They just left a rating. Uh-huh. If you guys and gals are enjoying what we're doing... It only takes just a few minutes. Please go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a five-star review if you feel like we deserve it. Or, heck, if you feel like we deserve a three-star, leave us a three-star. But actually write a review if you don't mind, and we will actually give you uh, thanks on the podcast. Yep. Uh, we really appreciate each and every one of y'all because, like I said before, if the more five-stars we get out there, the bigger our name becomes and we get more out there. So... That being said, our next episode will be Darkness Falls. Chun, chun, chun. Make sure you brush your teeth, kids. Yes. Well, as always, remember to stay scared. Stay spooky. Mother is talking to you.